0: Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why Tyre Power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply, so visit tyrepower.com.au or call 21 91.
1: Welcome to AFL Nation. Gary Rowan wins it after the siren with a dead eye shot. Where are you, buddy? There he is! <laughs> He juggles the mark at the front. Ball to Springer, the magic man. He's done it again. Jake Springer, the everywhere man. He sets
2: the chance to get through. Bontempele! Simply the box! it to Gordon.
1: The final bell. It's a grand new flag. Fifty-seven years of torment eased, and a curse lifted. Melbourne are premiers in 2021.
2: AFL nation.
1: of and it will be standing room only. All seated tickets are sold for tonight, and that's because it's fourth versus fifth. But it owes very specifically to the rise of Carlton. They're seven and two. The scent of success is back in the nostrils of the navy blue fans, and tonight they come to test themselves against the Sydney Swans, who have mixed their form a little, but their equation at six and three is a promising one indeed. There's a certain Lance Franklin who will headline the start of Sir Doug Nicholls' round as well. Tonight, Friday Night Footy on AFL Nation, the Blues and the Swans. For sports power, get the latest big brand footy boots in store
2: at Sports Power Now.
1: Gerard Waitley with you. Anthony Hudson is with me. Hello, hello,
2: Hello, Gerard. Good evening, everyone. Hope you're having a great Friday night. It comes early this round, doesn't it? The good matches are at the, at the start, beginning with tonight, probably hard to go past. So great weekend ahead, of course, as we start to uh, weekends of uh, Sir Doug Nicholls' round. When it's a major golf tournament weekend, Gerard, it's always a little bit harder to cram everything in. So it's, it is exciting. And I've got both these teams, if not in my top four, very close. I've ended up going with the Swans tonight, but I could also see that uh, Carlton could monster them in the middle, but I I just think here the Swans have played some pretty good footy over the time and I've got faith that the Swans will be there at the pointy end, so I can't wait to see... Uh, where this all heads. We saw a taste of Carlton without Harry Mackay last week, but that'll get a bit more sorely tested, I think, tonight. They
1: look like good counterpoints for each other, so we'll see how the, the method and the personnel goes pitted against each other. So I feel like we're really well-stocked old bull, young bull mm. tonight. <laughs> young bull, Nathan <laughs> Jones
3: is in place. Hello, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this one. I haven't worked with Durham this year, so it, uh, it will be interesting as we uh, battle it out. But um, You don't
2: have to say much when you're on with Durham. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll
3: I've heard the positives and the negatives, but we've started well, so um, I'm looking forward to tonight. And um, yeah, as you guys have mentioned, this is going to be a cracker game. But, uh, we should be in for a treat.
1: I don't know whether I've explained the old bull, young bull scenario to Dermot, so he might be vaguely insulted. I doubt it. i got bull a feeling Dermot Dermot. I know what, what it <laughs> is. <laughs> How are you, Dermot?
4: I'm very well. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, you know what? This week, the week that we've just had, I feel like this is my speciality, the... Uh, The acts of uh, verbal aggression, demonstrative behaviour, the (laughs) mental battle out on the ground that's got nothing to do with the footy. That's right up my alley.
1: (laughs) I had a feeling your specialist portfolios are in good good store. So we've got you tonight and for crunch time as well to fully work through all of it. What about tonight in Prospect as we gather
3: for it? Oh, I'm pretty excited to watch the Blues again. I saw a fair bit of them early in the season and then uh, unfortunately haven't been to a live game for a while. And, uh, you know, I've got I've publicly mentioned my crush for Paddy Cripps. It's uh, an absolute man crush. at that. He's probably the best player in the competition for mine at the minute. And, um, you know, it's been an intriguing one. I think when Mackay went down, I was worried and thought, you know, can they steady the ship? And I thought last week for them was a really significant win. Um, you know, I actually tipped the Giants just thinking that, you know, that... I guess the motivation that they had, and yeah, uh, you know, and obviously being on their home deck, I thought they'd get the job done. But for me, Carlton really put a stake in the ground and uh, and delivered even when challenged during that game. So I think tonight presses to be a pretty exciting one. And uh, the Swans, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was very bullish about them. They went shaky for a bit. I think uh, you know a big result last week against uh, a struggling Bombers outfit. Probably primes them for the, for tonight's game, which ultimately should turn into a cracker. Sydney Swans for me are an
4: interesting kettle of, of fish. There's, it's almost like they've clocked in for some games and no one's beating them, and then they've clocked off for other games. I mean, North Melbourne almost knocked them over, and North are, aren't travelling all that well. Had a good but simplistic game plan when they played them last time. They, you know, four five six weeks ago and then we have a look at some of the other games they've dropped they just haven't turned up that to me that's a real between the years scenario they want for nothing out on the ground in terms of their makeup their their system works pretty good and even then you go back to the when they played my favorite team the hawks they were two teams in the one day They were awful for the first 40 minutes. Like, deplorable. And then they were world beaters and could not do anything wrong uh, thereafter. The Blues, I mean, I do have a laugh, and I've got Carlton mates, and and we all know Andy Marr incredibly well, and he's trying to say the psyche of the Carlton supporter has changed after the tumultuous or the non-tumultuous because they haven't got to the the turmoil end of the season. So they've they've had uh, civility belted into them over 20 years of absolute pain, no, it's still there. It's yeah. still there. I, I
2: am with you. I don't believe that for a
1: second. No, it's I fake humility. Multiple games were at the 20-minute mark of the last quarter. They're broken into song in the stands. So, you know, I'm
4: not <laughs> having any of that. Oh, yeah,
1: get up and get
4: about. Hey, that's <laughs> not too often in your, in your club's history they end up at the nine-game mark, seven-two. I mean, not, not talking Carlton, I mean anyone. That's an enormous effort, an enormous effort. So have fun. Take the ride while it's going. And who knows if they get better. And if if you are a serious contender, you still get better from where you are at round nine. When it turns into round 18, 19, 20 and finals, you're still getting better. I've loved what's happened with young Matthew Kennedy. Um, I will remind Carlton supporters that, when uh, Hopper and Kennedy were both under-17, I think, Riverina footballers, the Giants needed to move out players to get their points up because the one thing they did say was, we have to do everything to get Kennedy and Hopper. And we we'll get that right. Not Hopper and Kennedy. The way I heard it was Kennedy and Hopper. They didn't know which one was going to be better. Kennedy's taken the long way around. But he has turned into a wonderful, wonderful footballer and just what Carlton did. He's taken the heat off Cripps to be the bang, crash player. And Cripps has now run through games, through the lines, has gone to a new level. So, yeah, rap for what he's done. uh, And they're getting better in so many other areas. Anyway, I'm talking too much about Carlton. We'll talk about the game soon.
1: It feels like the Swans have been susceptible to contested ball teams. Yep. And there might be maybe only Melbourne that, that's better than Carlton in the contested ball game.
3: Yeah, well, I liked Derm's point before. I think a lot of it with Sydney definitely comes back to between the years. Um, you know, I sort of probably look at the demographic of their list, and they have injected a whole heap of youth. So with that will come an element of inconsistency, and then the reliance on those senior players. Those senior players are are getting quite on and uh you know there's you know kennedy buddy parker all these guys are heading towards or if not over 30 um and they're just a couple you know rampy down back you know there's there's a few of them in there and i think that balance is great when they can get everyone up and going but i think when they get challenged they're not right in the right frame uh, frame of mind i remember watching them early in the year against i think it was the bulldogs sitting up and watching them play like you could just tell they weren't Mm. They weren't there. They weren't the same team. Yeah, and then you watch them in other games where they're right on. Like that was like, the
4: week after Buddy kicked his 1,000th. Yeah, yeah. one thousand, and it just seemed like steam was out of
3: them. Yeah, yeah, and I think that inconsistency may you know without having knowing the demographic of the list as far as you know the age, you know I think that inconsistency could boil down to some of the you know those younger guys just not mentally into it week after week. But I think they're another team. I think Sydney, I think we look at them probably as a more mature outfit, but I reckon they're in a similar boat. Like where these two teams sit on the ladder, they're they're quite similar, uh, you know, from my perspective. And I think, as you mentioned, if you are going to be a contender at the end of the year, you're going to keep growing and keep getting hmm. better. And, you know, we are only at round nine. So I think both these teams, if they... You they, build it about yeah. seven
4: out of ten now, if and you want to get to ten out of ten for as good as your uh, absolute ceiling of your talent will be. You're at a, at, at seven out of ten now. They're a
2: different team with Hickey, aren't they, I think? And we saw that even last yes. week. Whether Hickey and Laddams can work in together and still have the, the right look in the front half, well, I guess still remains to be seen, but... He has, he's just been a wonderful pickup for them from last year, and then he's been out for a period this time, which I think coincided with some of that form you talked yeah. about.
4: Yeah, he's it, an incredible footballer, Tom Hickey. He's a real journeyman, but his craft has been learned over years and years of experience of being the second banana to some really good ruckmen at, at various clubs. He, he's, I mean, the way you wouldn't—you could picture him turning up to your property with a nail bag on the front <laughs> hanging from his hips and a, a, and holding a panel saw and walking on and say, "Where's the job?" You know, he's just got that—he's got that non-footballer look about him, but he just knows his stuff now. Yeah, he's he really a player, huh? Yeah, well, he started all his early career when he started at the Suns. He was a forward slash ruckman. He was an on-ball ruckman at the start, so he learned his craft there under uh, as a second stringer. Same at the Saints when he went there. Then he goes to the West Coast Eagles as an insurance policy. And he's got Nick Natanui and a a couple of others ahead of him as well. So I must say, when he went to West Coast Eagles, I thought that's probably the last gig Tom's going to get. But we hadn't really seen him with exposed time in the middle as the man with the job to do. And at Sydney, we have seen that. And at the only tiny, and it's not even a knock, it's like a dent in the armour. At this age, when he's getting that major chance, will his body stand up? That's the only thing I'd look at him. Because um, he's had a couple of almost fragility items over the last 18 months. Yeah. But, but uh, fingers crossed for him. He's a tremendous fellow. Um, yeah. So he's doing really well.
1: And the absence of Harry Mackay, so I think. Tonight will be a better guide than last week. The Giants aren't fully stocked down back at the moment. You've got both McCartons. It's at the ground that Carlton plays especially well when they get a lot of looks up front. Um, Yeah, I that that sort of loss is is going to um diminish them to a degree over a long period of time it just has to because of well, how Kurnow good a player he didn't is didn't get a look until the last quarter yeah. last week but silvani was terrific of it. the
2: small guys were
1: terrific so tonight i suspect's a better measure than than last week on that
3: yeah absolutely i think that couldn't be uh, you know more direct with that i think we're going to really understand that den- the dynamic of that uh of that Carlton forward line, obviously, without Mackay. That had been the big question mark when I saw him go down. But I think last week, in somewhat makeshift forward line, they did look quite dynamic. I think um, the challenge is going to be, and this was going to be from the beginning, as soon as Mackay went out, was can Kerno hold down that number one position? And, you know, uh, as you mentioned, Hutto, he did struggle till late in the game to really sort of come to the fore. But... um, You know, uh, obviously it's going to be supply-demand kind of thing. And if their midfield can get on top and get it in there, at some point he's going to bob up. He's too good not to. But I think it's going to be all of the uh, soldiers underneath him being able to pick up the slack. And I think ultimately it's that forward line group being able to function well enough without someone like a Mackay who's just such a key figure. But I think they're capable. When you look at the guys that are down there, I think Silvani's been... Real surprise back for mine, I reckon. Well, that's that improvement we talk about. Yeah.
4: What you want between round nine and round 18, that improvement, he's got that improvement early from, yeah. from halfway through last year to now. He's improved out of sight. Out of sight. The thing I see with Charlie Curno and, and Silvani, the 192, 194 centimetres, so they're big men, but they're not huge men. Yeah. They're big men in this day and age. So 192 is Wayne Carey's height. Wayne... Yeah, that's a big guy. But in this day and age, and I use a boxing terminology here, Harry Mackay is too big for Backman to handle totally by themselves. So what he does when he's out there and he's got form, it means there must be a minimum of one person looking out for him from the opposition, a a, a minimum. And that that means a second or third defender must peel off and come to Harry if you want to keep him under control. Otherwise, you're conceding. And say, what do you think the has? What do you think the start is? If we just leave our backman to play on him, we're conceding him four shots at goal, four shots at goal a week. That's the that's that's the concession. Can we live with that? Yes, I believe our game style is. Or no, we can't give up four shots for sure. So you make that concession how you feel you're going to play elsewhere on the ground, but Harry is too big to handle for the average backman.
3: Well, that's a question mark. That's why there's such a big question mark for mine, particularly when they've got such strength from the midfield. And you look at how the game, particularly this year, has shifted so much to winning contest and clearance and getting the ball in quickly. We're getting a lot more contests.
4: They do really well out of that six-six-six. center six, six, bounce clearance into the forward into the line, forward Carlton. One. Yeah. So I was, when I was watching the Giants game last week, we were sitting there and it was halfway. I was sitting with the, 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 our, everybody's favourite little Eddie Betts and I looked at it and thought, yeah, he's covered him. He's got him and him and him. Um, Sam Taylor is a wonderful player. He'll play on Charlie Curnow. Charlie got a few at the end when the game was spun. Um I think from here, from quarter time, their small men were going to have to kick eight goals. They did. They got more than that. And that was something that the Giants couldn't deal with down back as well. So they are very capable at ground level. And they're the type of players who capitalise on that centre bounce, winning straight out of that, that area, bang, inside six six six.
1: So that's what's before us tonight, the Blues and the Swans. This Swans game is brought to you by Bingley, Australian family owned for more than 65 years. We're going to touch base with both camps in our pre-match show and then we'll get to the to the proper preview as we go. Um, today's major news out of the AFL, that the grand final is remaining a day fixture at 2.30. I did hear the theory which appealed to me during the day was that the AFL makes it feel almost as if it's a certainty that it's going to twilight <laughs> before then announcing in a very popular way, no, it's staying at 2.30 and they get the maximum. See, we listened to you, <laughs> which I liked as a...
2: Thing. I think I they've
1: know, tried that convinced. one too many times, Jared, to be but honest. I will say we as a media tipped into it absolutely.
2: Absol- if you yep. look
1: at all the reporting this morning, yep. it was it's moving to twilight. Yep.
2: It
3: was well. It was sold in my mind. <laughs> was...
2: Which mate, yeah. And
3: then uh, the
1: fans wonder... get the win. Well, uh, uh, the group of fans who are most vocal about it, anyway. Is there
4: a real breakdown in the fans? Have we got a real good depiction of the truth? Uh, I don't know what the total amount is. So, let's say in Victoria, you what have there we got in no... membership? We got about eight hundred thousand people members there is no across fan voice, Victoria.
1: Oh, and no. I can show you that machine every day to depict to you there is no single voice of the fan oh, no. so how do we gauge that really how do
4: we gauge
2: that i think it's fair to say that in every poll that it has been they have voted in favor of keeping it at two thirty around about that time but if you always made decisions by that you probably wouldn't go anywhere <laughs>
1: We'd still have pubs closing at
2: six, no Sunday. Oh, training. maybe not pubs closing at six. <laughs> <laughs> no, there might have been a strong enough support. for them. I, I
4: heard your argument during the week, and there was a. I was listening. You know, I listened in, um, and there was a caller who said uh, the quality of the game, and you counted his call and said the most devastating football we've seen was the second half or the last forty minutes. And great call, great counter. I'd counter that counter and say the opposition by then the season had gone just too long for them and i i thought that opposition in the last 40 minutes of the grand final was as meek opposition as you could stand once they broke them they were shattered i'm still a believer that night football as held up to dry day football and you can have you can have rainy days at the mcg as well i'm conceding that i still think night football does lend itself to a greater degree of a greasy, slipperier ball. It doesn't mean you can't have great standards of play. It's an ever so slightly different style of game and the product is ever so slightly different. So that's how I felt about that. So I kind of am in the traditional sense, but I'm not losing any sleep if they did change it. You know, it's... The
1: the only game in the final series which is played during the day is the grand final. Every other game is either twilight or night. That it, it is—it's the right decision for now. If you roll the whole week together, and the um, the twenty—the lowest crowds through nine rounds in twenty-seven years—you can't, as the governing body, right now, upset your constituency any more than they're already. Whatever it is that everyone's feeling, mm. don't give them another reason to be disenchanted or angry or whatever. So. I've felt all the way through the week that this would end as an afternoon thing because it's just too jarring for whatever group that is, and it's a very loud group and, and it's a majority – don't, don't disaffect them in a year where you're actually struggling to get them to come through the gates what, anyway. What
2: are they most disaffected
1: by, do you no, no, so This is really imprecise. I don't think I would like to be trying to figure that out. But It'd be
4: a con- conglomeration uh, of yeah, a raft of would, issues, it wouldn't it? It
1: would. It would. Um, but you'd want to have a really keen ear for that and then not give them something else to be <laughs> agitated by. I mean, you could run it as a... It is election weekend is don't all the constituency too much or they'll tip you out. I haven't <laughs> so seen have any signs about the election
2: <laughs> at all. So, I, <laughs> yeah,
1: this is not... And also, this is Gill's last set of decisions. <laughs> why why oh, wouldn't hate. you just keep people happy on the way out and leave it to the next person to go, right, we are moving it to where more people will watch and it's the best possible presentation of the spectacle. <laughs> leave it to that person to do it.
4: I also have a... a, a a take on things, whether it's league football or whatever, and I give it the five to ten year rule. And, and, and somebody says, "Is it right? Will it be this way in five to ten years?" No. You, you're I, a definite I, I'm no. sure. It'll Do you get, think
3: it'll be? Go around the. Yeah, no. I, I think they'll eventually make the change. Okay. So I well,
2: think they'll make the change, but I don't think it has to be a permanent one. They they could decide on, give it a go. They could decide on every second or every third one. I mean, I. I I don't know, because I th- certainly felt... Now, we were broadcasting for radio. The night grand final was too late. To, so, to me, those arguments stood up about the day being too long and the kids not being able to see it live. I, th- they are genuine factors. And it may be that we feel the same when, if a Twilight game happens, but it also may not. It may be an awesome spectacle and we may go... That's a, that's a pretty good combination of... of of Both.
5: Mm. Mm. Yeah, so the, the um,
2: argument that w- what will we do with the North Melbourne breakfast, I mean, I don't think that, don't think that old. <laughs> and the we, North we Melbourne barbecue. I'm pretty sure you can have a
1: four o'clock barbecue rather than just a one o'clock barbecue. Mm. But it is, that's is what I say. it's a cultural decision. It's actually not a, it's, it's not really a football decision. This is about the way we all engage with that one particular day. It's been this way forever. So you need to bring people with you, and if you're going to do it, and you probably need to make a really good fist of explaining why.
4: It's it's got the Melbourne Cup feel to it. Where are you going, Grand Final day? Um, Going around to Slugs Place. We've got a barbecue. That we do that every year. That sort of thing. You know, there's that cultural existence within the people of Australia who are football followers and the likes. Yeah, it 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 does. Yeah, where are you going, Cup Day? That that sort of Slugs feeling. Yeah, Slug's place as well. It's It's (laughs) It's got a great barbecue, Slug. (laughs) So it does have that. It's it's probably going that way. I would agree with you, gentlemen, that in five to ten years' time, we'll be watching a grand final at the MCG under lights. So that sort of moves the goalposts a little forward for me to actually say, get your head around it, it'll happen.
1: Start in the daylight, finish, present the cup under lights, 7.30, everyone's still got time to celebrate as they would like to rather than the 10, 15, 10, 20, 10, 30 finish. Um,
4: While I've got your ear, in five to ten years' time, will we have the stand, the rigidity of the stand, the rule mark still? Will we have the rigidity of the absolutely no gesticulation, no come back to the umpires, will, will we have all these rules in five to ten years as they are implemented now?
1: No. Uh, we won't have sorted holding the ball out either, we? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, mm. we? will be in the grave and they won't have sorted holding <laughs> the ball out. No, it, it, the game's not a finished product.
4: No, it'll never be finished. No. No. It's and, a moving...
1: Yep. yep. And the complexity of the game and the, the glory of the game is it is the 360 degree of it, which means it, it the comparisons to other sports i don't think hold the up and down sports are much easier to govern and set rules for well there's an offside rule in yeah, yeah. you're always there's always going to be push and pull i think within
4: who moves teams. the sport so the most who has the biggest say on moving the sport in terms of you say it it fragments it moves forward rules change it will always move in a certain direction for me it's the coaches yeah. coaches yeah, 100% Absolutely. the tactics we the react
1: are dictated by the plans of the coaches yeah and then the game has a right to go, you've taken it there, but we don't want it to be over there. Mm. So we're going to pull it back as best we can to something over here.
4: So I heard your, 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 your comment, commentary with with David during the week talking about the statistics of kicking out from fullback. How many times you go through to the other end, How many times, as opposed to how many times it repeatedly yeah. comes back at you for another score. I look at that and say... Well, good on you for getting the ball down there in the start. <laughs> hey, isn't, don't you ad, shouldn't you advantage the team which wins the ball and kicks it in their direction?
3: Well, from a, a recently retired last year, that is like, if you're not scoring directly from stoppage, that's ultimately what you're trying... That's the entire game plan of most of the good teams is to get it down forward, take territory and set a strong enough defence behind it. Because the percentages of you scoring on a re-entry like enormous
4: the only thing I've uh, it's the first time in my life and I'm 57 in the last 12 12 months is the first time I've thought is there a voice for playing as in the netball situation we can't exit zones and if we can we have X amount of time to go in it's the only way you'll
1: break this Dermot Burton Nathan Jones with you on the pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles they now have hybrid flooring in store
5: You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on
1: AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now. Friday night footy brings us to Marvel under the closed roof, Carlton and the Sydney Swans. AFL Nation for Sports Power. Get the latest big brand footy boots in store at Sports Power Now. Jared Waitley and Anthony Hudson with Dermot Burton and Nathan Jones for Friday night footy. We're inside the Swans camp here with Senior Assistant Coach Don Pike. Don, always good Good to have you on AFL Nation. Welcome.
0: Yeah, good evening, guys.
1: We were just debating before to set up the, the picture of the two teams through nine rounds, six and three. Just give us your diagnosis of the Swans at the moment.
0: Oh, look, obviously, we'd, yeah, we'd love to be nine and zero, but uh, six and three, we've played some really good footy. We've had a couple of games. Um, we ran into a pretty good side in Brisbane a few weeks back, and then, disappointingly against Gold Coast. Um, but you know, bounced back last week with Essen and um, you know we sort of we sit where we sit, and we're sort of pleased with the progress of the of the team and some of the younger guys, and uh, we think there's more growth to come.
4: Don Dermott here. Uh, thanks for chatting to us t- this evening, mate. Your team they seem to be terribly up or terribly down on various occasions.
0: What do you put this down to? Uh, well, we we've have we've sort of spoke about our starts a little bit, probably, um, you know, we've been guilty a couple of times this year of just not getting out of the box very well, and we sort of spoke about that last week uh, before the game, and it'll be a bit of a case again tonight. We know Carlton are a fast starting team, so important we, we get going. Um, I think in terms of our performances overall, it's, you know, we've probably played some really good footy consistently over four quarters in a few games, but not in enough games, and that's a little bit of the development of the group and you know we're seeing the emergence of a lot of the younger guys and, and that sort of comes with the territory at times is you get some you get some really exciting stuff you go look we want, want that want more of that but um it's hard for those younger guys to keep delivering it uh, week in week out and that's probably that consistency which we we'll we're searching for from from this point on no doubt that you mentioned the conversation
4: how does it pan out. how does it come out what does it sound like hey we we've, we've been poor starters Do you, is it a sit down and and you, you identify various key elements or is it just
0: we weren't switched on how does it sound well we probably more look at you know the numbers of the numbers don't lie in terms of our contested possession numbers um obviously the scoreboard doesn't lie um ultimately digging a bit deeper than that is go where is it and and what, what doesn't allow us to come out and play the way we want to, you know, in those first quarters. So we sort of certainly speak about that and then we sort of break it down to what does it mean from a, a preparation viewpoint. Again, we've got a lot of younger guys who are learning how to prepare for a game and, and what they need to be to be ready. Some want to be relaxed, some want to be just sort of chilling out. Other guys probably need to get themselves a little bit more amped up, ready to go. So um, it's it's that sort of, those sort of conversations and it's different for each individual, but it's important as a team that, you know, when the the siren goes we' we're, we're ready to go and and that's something we've we've been working on we' get another another opportunity tonight
4: let's put the uh, cart before the horse uh, how was the chuckle during the week when dusty martin was talked about he could end up at Sydney, you
0: know oh is that right i i i uh i, I I've, I've heard I've heard the rumors but uh look I think it's probably probably somewhat inappropriate i don't know i am none the wiser I'm probably no less than you guys do do i <laughs>
3: Don uh, Dame Ramphy's 200th game tonight. Can you give us an insight? I just uh, from from where I sit, what an amazing player and leader. But just from uh, from your experience,
0: yeah. Look, it's you know, I didn't come to the club a couple of years ago, and you see you see certain guys from the outside, whether it be Dane or um, Josh Kennedy or these guys, and you sort of admire how they go about it. And being fortunate to now, coming and, and work with them, you, you get to understand. Um, and for Dane tonight, the games, just an you know, incredible achievement for where he's come from and where he started and um, to build himself to being an All-Australian player, being a, a club champion. Um, it's an incredible journey, but a, you know, for an incredible person who's just a, a wonderful leader and a real heart and soul sort of player who um, doesn't take anything for granted and, and plays, as you, as you see, he plays just with his heart on his sleeve and, and you know, he's a competitive, competitive animal and he continues to do that for the footy club and he's, he's a He's a ripping bloke, and uh, he's, a, he's a real important part of, uh, of our team.
3: And can you give us your thoughts on the row bottom bump? How did you guys see it?
0: Well, obviously, we thought there was you know opportunity there to, to challenge that, which is why we went, went about it. And now, unfortunately, it didn't fall for Rowie, but that's uh, that's life. But, um, you know, I think we were fairly confident that, you know, the action wasn't going to lead to a suspension. Unfortunately, didn't go there, so he misses tonight. But, uh, you know, he'll be fresh and ready to go for next week.
2: Broadly speaking, John, how have you seen the way the game has been played this year in terms of ball movement with the, the second year of the stand rule, how that's changed both the, the team with the footy and, and without it? Yeah, I think it's
0: continued to evolve. I mean, you're probably noticing more teams now not directly standing the mark and, and trying to stand off and, and get the opportunity to, to get into that zone sort of set up and, and slow a position down. So. Um, Like always happens with the game, sort of you know something changes and it takes a little bit of time for people to adapt to that or come up with a plan around that. And you know certainly we've noticed this year, obviously off the back of some some success last year with our ball movement, teams have been far more um, you know aware of what we're trying to do and trying to shut that down. So you know with every uh, every challenge comes a new opportunity. So you know we continue to try and evolve how we want to move the ball and against each individual opposition and their style of defense. And yeah, we'll get another chance tonight, Carlton. you know, been a very imp- much improved defensive side this year. And so, you yeah, know, we'll have the work cut out, but we've got to, uh, we've got to win it first and then, uh, then go to work when we get the ball.
4: About that stand... stand-the-mark application, application. is there certain areas on the ground, you know, players are withdrawing five metres so they can crab sideways on the mark if they concede five metres? Are there certain areas on the ground you will, as a team rule, uh, come back so you can crab? And are there certain areas where you will just stand the mark and, and be the statue?
0: I think probably the general, sort of generally across the board, it seems that the closer to goal or your goals you are, the more prepared you are to give some ground. Um, and I think inside the corridor, it's pretty hard to do because there's so many other alternatives that open up. So that's probably the two generalisations, I'd say. is it closer towards your goal, you'll take a bit of ground. And um, through the corridor, you'll probably try and press up and get that delay if you can on the mark. So, um, And that's the hard part in terms of coaching it as well. that as Every situation is different because you know, it might call for you to really press up hard and delay that guy because it's an easy one over the top versus stand off and just let him go. So um, you know, these are decisions that you've got to entrust the players to make and, and play the game and um, yeah, we're seeing that certainly um, yeah, been more, more, more now than ever the case
2: I know it's mid season Don, but we already have a coaching vacancy at the end of the year and your name was linked with at least one job last year before you decided that you, you weren't willing to go back at least at this stage have you got an open mind as far as um, being a senior coach again you wouldn't even have to leave your home <laughs>
0: we'll wait and see guys
6: that's <laughs> not a no, Pikey. Come on.
0: <laughs> nah, no, I'll de- wait and see. Wait and see.
6: Very good, Don. We'll, good we'll turn that just... into a headline. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's not enough words,
0: uh, Don.
1: Thanks a lot. Good luck tonight.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate that.
1: Good on you. Don Pikey. Inside the uh, inside the Swans' cap. and uh, not indulging
2: that conversation at all.
1: Come on.
3: <laughs> uh, I love these responses. Oh, yeah. It was brilliant.
2: It puts it back when you get a two-word answer on the journal, doesn't it?
3: <laughs> yes, that, that's
4: one way. You two in the front here, uh, Hudson and Wake, you should be looking for the pinhole like that. Put your two grubby little fingers in it and stretch it into a headline story. Come on. Pike says no to... Pike, no,
1: Pike refuses to rule out. <laughs>
4: <laughs> there we go. See, he's already drawn up his first headline on it.
1: So the, the question last year was whether uh, – had he gone not now or not ever? But even from that answer, it's, it's not – he hasn't gone not never. Mm. Um, so that, that's – yeah. He's an interesting player in the coaching market. If we ended up with multiple vacancies, um, I think, and particularly if there ended up being the shuffle of positions yep. uh, and a club that was dead set on having somebody who is experienced – um, he would be he would be quickly into that conversation. A-
2: and the way it ended at Adelaide would have left a, a bit a bit of taste in his mouth, I'm sure, after h- how much success they had and then how quickly they fell away. And um, you know, the ball movement question that's clearly a strength of his and that's clearly helped the Swans. Um, but being in charge again as a club, it's you know, well known that he's been a successful businessman and had great investments, so he wouldn't be doing it for the money, so it'd be Doing it for the right reasons. So an experienced man in footy, he'd be, he'd be a very worthy candidate. Well, I'm doing it for the right reasons? What's wrong with a bloke hungry for a bit of... Well, he's not just doing it for the money, term <laughs> like you do. It. If you're <laughs>
4: hungry, you're going to do the best job you can.
2: Yeah, nah, fair, that's a fair argument. The fair argument. Hyundai
1: Staria Load is the van that is big on space and huge on safety. It's the only commercial van to receive five-star rating and platinum awards for safety from ANCAP, available from 47.990 drive away for ABN Holders. Take a tech drive today. Uh, Anthony McDonald, tipping what Woody called time on his career today. So it's it's been a tumultuous week at the Don's. It was emotional, f- wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Yeah,
2: I mean he's, he was such a yeah. It's, it's, it's a great story, but as a footballer, um, what he bought a deadly accurate kick for goal and delivering it into the fifty, and as well as all the other elements. But just you know, when he goes near the footy, the ex- First and foremost, the excitement he brought so to the
4: fans. What, what what was what did he say today that led to this decision?
2: Well, he didn't actually. Say, well, no, he, he really wasn't what he said. Real was, detail as to
1: why he'd reached it. He was just incredibly emotional that he was finishing that part of his life, his football journey, and and there are other demands and other parts that he wants to tend to. Um,
2: he's had his struggles, I
1: think. Yeah, yeah. So he's been absent from the game for a little while. Mm. It, like, it, out of the the dire situation which was the drug saga he was the mm. shining light who came from it he probably doesn't get the opportunity without that confluence of events and he's the most uplifting part of Essendon for a whole period of time mm. um, and he does belong in that category of players who could um, embolden a moment and draw the eye so um, yeah he,
2: he and, and they've missed time. him this year yeah. they really have obviously with the other injury hookers retirement and and the other injuries with Jones mean their forward line has been decimated. And it's part of how you try and assess what Essendon has done. So we'll pick up our Essendon conversation in a moment.
1: I reckon AFL Nation will take your feedback across the weekend on the Southern Phone open line, switch and save with Southern Phone mobile plans. Dermot Burton and Nathan Jones on duty. This Swans game is going to be brought to you by Bingley, Australian family owned for more than 65 years. Carlton and the Sydney Swans to begin round 10. AFL Nation for Sports Power. Get the latest big brand footy boots in store at Sports Power now. Essendon have been the predominant topic of the week. Uh, in all the discussion around the Dyson Heppel interview, there was one person who I was really looking forward to hearing from. Us. Nathan Jones, you would have lived this experience at least a couple of times, I would imagine, as the <laughs> captain of a team who is... On that show as well. under siege <laughs> and on that show. <laughs> Um, take, us, take us to what that moment is before – and then we'll get your assessment of Heppel and – yeah. But what what is that moment when you have to front up in really the worst of circumstances? Yeah, well,
3: I – knowing that we were going to talk about it, I didn't watch the couch at the time, but I watched it tonight before coming on air and, geez, it brought, it brought back plenty of memories. Um, I still remember going into the show, you know, and the depth of preparation I would make because I was like – yeah, obviously, when you're the captain, you're fronting, answering the questions, taking accountability for, in his case and in my case, a couple of times, was like you know, accepting responsibility and accountability for where the team's at um, and trying to, I guess, give some sort of perspective on, on that. Um, so, yeah, watching it, I felt a little bit uncomfortable for him. Um, yeah, in saying that, I, th- I felt like he did a reasonable job and obviously he's going to get picked apart. Um yeah, you know, for me, you know, when I went on, it was all about you know not separating yourself from the side. Uh, number one, you know, he's he's the he's got to be the man out the front and almost just be deflecting an element of it, um, and genuinely taking accountability. Um, uh, which ultimately, there's an element of vulnerability in that because you've uh, you've really got to expose yourself and just be super honest about where it's at. So people are. Uh, because what you're trying to do, uh, I guess, in his situation as a captain and a leader of the club is to try and, uh, you know, I guess, alleviate some of the pressure rather than go the opposite way. And the difficult thing in that situation is making sure that you sort of say the right thing uh, because sort of whatever you do say is going to get picked apart. So, um, and,
2: and there's only so much you can say. E- exactly. When you've said, the, said some version of the words a few weeks ago or the team has and has performed well and then not. But you do have to go in there with something to say, I thought perhaps he needed a bit more, yeah. a bit more substance. But as to what that would be, that's
5: very difficult to yeah. tell, isn't and that's,
3: it? I find that like it's very hard to say what, what should he have said because you don't have the perspective of what they're living day to day. But I tend to agree with you and that's why I said there's an element of vulnerability and honesty that has to come from it where they just – that you genuinely, in the moment, have to take accountability for it and and in some way give a reason as to why, not an excuse, but you know, just admitting that you've dropped the ball and and uh, you know we haven't been good enough and we've tried this and it's not worked and whatever it is, um, you know, I, I said to Jared off air, you know, I remember a couple of times that I'd been on when the, when Melbourne had been under pressure, the you know everyone has to get on the same page that you're all saying, particularly when you're a club. Under siege, the the same message has to continue to come out, and um, you know, I guess from mine, not having seen every little bit of it, but it's it's been uh, it's been a few weeks now that we've heard similar things, and we haven't got a response, and that obviously begs to question. Like, is it words, and when are we going to see the action? And and rightfully so, you know, fans and uh, and football lovers alike it, it can question that.
4: That I felt for him because those words have been uttered before mm-hmm. and I felt for him there is a football talk a football vernacular and when it gets uttered the third time the fourth time it's it comes out as it's just platitudes yeah it it's I was waiting to hear him say something that we went would go all right let's 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 take this as the stake in the ground and we all move forward from here and this is something different whether win lose or draw but they're going to try something that will go yeah we can see that that wasn't there and I don't know whether and I'm like you had I I don't know what it would be mm. but everything was football vernacular yeah the boys are trying hard it's not coming off we've lost confidence we know that we can see that I have my own take on it of the their team at the moment but I did feel for him. He couldn't do much more than just out of the the, the yeah. vernacular of the of the footballing world and and mouth the platitudes. Yeah, did you when you went in there? Yeah, did you feel
2: I, like you you? I, I you, think you do get credit for being there though. So in some, while it's really hard. Actually, if you've got a little bit to say, yes, you actually maybe not your fans, but ever, the rest of the footy world are going, "Good on you for being there." Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the fans though want to hear something. I, I think, think what he's
3: relying on now, ultimately, is the players yeah. genuinely taking responsibility. The club as an entire whole, and, you know, they can say it as much as they like publicly. We need you need a response from an energy and effort point of view, and, and that can well and truly be questioned. You know, I think. They have fifty attempted tackles and lay thirty last week. Yep. Like, rightfully so, you can question their effort. Like, they could easily go out. It doesn't take talent for them to chase and put pressure on. And especially I, been,
2: when the narrative has been about the blue collar,
3: one hundred percent. That's that, the team they want to yeah. stand for, and that's the brand that they want to deliver on. Um, and yeah, like, I, and I've been in that position too, because I, I can I can only imagine the amount of work that he's doing internally to try and one, maintain the motivation and confidence and try and build guys back up, but two, hold guys to a real high account to how the team and the results are sort of panning out and trying to marry that up and get a result and a response. Can I ask you,
4: when you go in there as
3: captain, and with all due respect, you were a fantastic
4: player, you weren't Robbie Flower, you weren't Ron Barassi, what is it like when you feel like, I'm doing my everything, I don't know if the other blokes are. I can't say. I can't question them. And and I saw you play. And I knew you were doing everything you could. But you doubt whether you can be a Wayne Carey and change the game single handedly You doubt whether you can be Robbie Flower and cut a team apart. Do you feel like I can't say anything to say I'm leading here and saying come with me?
3: Uh, No, not necessarily. I think that there's a very different perspective inside the club like... Um, you know they would well and truly have a system there would be it would never boil down to an individual Um, I think the difference you know from my experience the reason why we or Melbourne became such a great team was the commitment to the team um, and the execution of you know you know and the buy-in and the ownership of your role and the value that placed on the team's function and and uh and he well and truly would have every right if he's he's executing his sort of part of the bargain and, and playing his role to his best visibility can hold other guys accountable to that. I felt that he was doubting himself and it
4: made me look at him, which I hadn't before, and I thought, what a fantastic young man. Mm. We've seen him play some really good football. And, and, and I, this is, I'm not putting the boots in while they're down because even though I muck around with Essendon, oh, I think they're a wonderful club. He doesn't, He's master of no position at the moment. Mm. Yep. He's not big enough to be a key backman. He doesn't have tear-away speed to be a running backman. He's not a great enough kick to be the outlet kicker. And he's not a lockdown defender. He is master of no position, but he's found
3: himself in the back line. So it, it, it would be tough. Difficult, absolutely. I've, I've been in that position as well.
1: Nathan Jones and Dermot Burton with you on the AFL Nation pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles. They now have hybrid flooring in store. This Swans game is brought to you by Bingley, Australian family owned for more than 65. Carlton and the Sydney Swans, AFL Nation for Sports Power. your local footy experts. We're deep in conversation on, well, really Essendon, but a trigger to a broader conversation, Dermot Burton and Nathan Jones. The Hyundai Staria load is the van that is big on space... And huge on safety. It's the only commercial van to receive five-star rating and platinum awards for safety from ANCAP available from 47,990 drive away for ABN holders. Take a tech drive today. So we were just getting to the good stuff. When the captain doesn't have a position and the two tension points is what it does to the player that is the captain and then what it does to the captain's authority. And and you've lived this experience, Nathan.
3: Yeah, sure. I was sort of mentioning... uh I reckon it was 2019. We'd just come off a prelim, I think, and then we finished second bottom.
4: That the, the, the prelim was in Perth. Yep, against the Eagles. And then yep.
3: 2019, there was big expectation, and uh, we butchered butchered the preseason. We had you know guys way underdone, but we still thought we were going to be alright, and we got you know pants pulled down round one. I reckon we sh- we. Sh- 100% should have beaten Port and got done and that just spiralled out of control. I reckon, yeah, we finished second, I'm pretty sure it was second bottom that year. And what coincided with that sort of uh, dysfunction amongst our team, you know, I started playing heaps of different roles and couldn't really find my position. And come the end of the year, I was like, I can't, you can't keep, I can't being, keep being the captain of the club. I need to step away. And... In my eyes, I felt like it was the right time because we—I had—I could sense and had been involved in, you know, the development of a lot of guys that were coming up underneath me. I had Jack as a co. I was like, I think it's the right time for me to step away. I need to focus more on my footy to keep getting a game. Like, and it's almost like your career does a full circle at that point in time, and you end up having to have the dedication and commitment of it of a you know an 18 19 year old trying to battle to play every single game
4: and you recognize that within yourself there was no prompting from Yeah that? for sure I went Good uh,
3: now. I remember going to New Zealand and I said to my wife I think I'm going to give away the captaincy like I I don't I can't the juggle for me was too difficult and I've been through a lot of difficult years and after the high of 18 and then the low of 19 I was like I need it I think we can fight our way back as a club. I still was really optimistic, but I was like, I I need to, if I want to be a part of it, I need to be focusing on me. I think that's the transition in your career. There's a sweet spot period where you roll up every week, you train and play and you just perform. But I think you're bookended by, and I think this is just, uh, you know, synonymous with guys that play for a really long time is you're bookended by that period of where you got to fight, scratch, perform. It's like, just the every percentage to, put, to, to you know, continue ca- your career.
2: Is it harder, just thinking about it, is it harder for a midfielder or for a, someone in another position, do you think? At the, either of you can answer that.
3: Oh, well, I think it's very...
4: I'll like, answer for you. I think it's harder for a midfielder. As a, as a forward or a back, you just lose your capabilities, but you still go out to the same spot. Mm. If you're a midfielder, the world is full of, Oh, this bloke's lost a pace, lost a yard or two. He can play in the back pocket now. He can play in the back flank. Um, his knees are sore. He can play in the forward pocket and kick two, three goals a week. You find a place somewhere else other than the same spot for midfielders. Forwards and backs, this is one time I actually run up the white flag and say, we've got an easier take on this as a forward. We just... I just stayed in the forward line. I knew I couldn't jump as high. I knew I couldn't run as fast.
6: So you just craft
2: by then. Yeah, you say
4: you're trying to do sneaky things to to have an effect on the game. You're not as good, but you understand that midfielders are trying to find a whole new, different craft.
2: What what about the front office, Jarrett? Do you think with this Essendon situation, it just coincides with the fact that Xavier Campbell gets another two-year deal, and they've done a whole lot of things off-field that have obviously been ticked off by the board about where they're going, but. should we be hearing more from them, do you think?
1: Um, maybe. So I, I imagine it was Heppel's decision to take the Monday night invitation. Um, I do think that's the Ben Rutten role. And, and he made quite a good job of it at training yesterday because he was much more, no, we have been conditional. Like he gave the, um, it, it, you know, the concessions of we have been bad, we haven't met standards, we need to... So he was much less defensive and more... No, nah, no, nah, and it stops now, so we judge him on what happens next. So the, chief, the dynamic around the chief executive is obviously really interesting. Um, there's an incident from seven years ago which evidently was examined by an independent legal firm which went to the board and led to Xavier Campbell apologising to staff from something that had happened at a Christmas party or the like. The details of that are in The Weekend Australian Tomorrow... There's Nova Paris uh, abandoning sort of the, the long walk set up in a really essential week for Essendon. But he's got the two-year extension. So that tells you that Xavier Campbell is firmly in control of the direction of that football club. And the board, at the moment where they might waver, have gone, no, no, we're not re-signing the co- we're re-signing the chief executive. So he chooses the direction. This is his plan. We're, gonna, we're in his hands to see it through. So while there was a little bit of bewilderment around why that had happened, I, I think that's really easy to read. They absolutely believe that he's the guy to, to step them through this. This is his plan. So it also makes it his responsibility to figure out why is the plan faltering and where is accountability going to rest for that? So I, I think Ben Rutten will spend the back half of the season on trial now. It's just, can he do the job? So I think it's a really simple question. In the second half of the season, is can you do the job as the senior coach? And if you can, we're away, and we wear the bad season. But if it turns out we made an error and you're not a senior coach, I think that will come to a head in the back part of the season. That
4: stand up in front of the media and post games as well. To to me, and this is just the the uh, looking from the outside in. It sounds like somebody a coach who's giving a report to the headmaster. He's not in full control of what he wants to be in full control of. Malthouse in those types of situations, Jeans, Parkin, Clarkson. Clarkson would be spiteful right now if he was in, yep. in, in Ruttons' position. There's no report to the headmaster. They're telling you how they want it to be. And it's a broad sweep there is charisma, and you and Robbo during the week talked about it. Robbo got almost to it perfectly when he spoke about, can he coach, can he do this, yes, 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 yes. There's that one ingredient, the charisma, the X factor, whereby a player thinks he's got, I've got this in me, I can I can perform to this standard. A coach with that charisma, with that understanding, or, or that spirit, not spite but that he can get it out of you he thinks you've got that and a bit more now the truth is it's probably somewhere in between I don't know if Ben Rutten is that charismatic demanding coach that gets that of the player and some because the and some at the moment is the missed tackles is the running to position. The and some is those things which we don't see on the stat sheet. That is dedication to coming off of just that little bit more. Talk. And it sounds trite. But, you know, we hear the old local coach, run until you can't yeah, anymore. Yeah. There's a bit of that in
1: it. Yeah. So at the moment, it looks like they're failing on both fronts. Their mechanics are no good and their effort is inadequate. Mm-hmm. So... The first thing I, well, which one do you want to solve first as the coach? They better sort their well, mechanics out. Well, you can't solve out. one. Yeah, they better sort their mechanics out. And then your question is does he have it in him to draw this out of the players? They're going to live the back half of the season, quote, in crisis, unquote. Mm. See, that's my, a hard, that's a hard me, road to walk.
4: The effort has to be there yeah. first before the mechanics. Because without the effort, you're not going to run to the spot. There, you, thereafter, the effort will put you where you can employ the mechanics of the game style you yeah. want.
1: So we better see the effort tomorrow night because mm. the walls are closing in. But yeah. it, it is only round 10. So this is my rider on it. It's round 10. It's not round 16. Um, you'd want to get the upswing soon. Actually, you'd want to get the upswing immediately. Can they keep...
3: For, for me, it's... I'm the... going
1: to have to... I'm oh, really, yeah. sorry. Yep. I'm, we're due in the Carlton camp um, in a moment's time, so... Um, we'll try to come back to it. tonight. Swans game is brought to you by Bingley, Australian family owned for more than 65 years. This is AFL Nation, the pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. They now have hybrid flooring in store. Warm-ups happening down below us at Marvel Stadium. Carlton and the Sydney Swans. AFL Nation for Sports Power. Get the latest big brand footy boots in store at Sports Power now. We're inside the Carlton camp with the head of footy, Brad Lloyd. Brad, welcome to AFL Nation. Yeah, thank you. Uh, there's a great sense of expectation. It's standing room only tonight. How are you feeling coming to each of these games at the moment with a team in terrific form?
5: Yeah, I feel pretty good. I was actually yeah, even getting in the car park was packed and had to go to a uh, different entrance uh, tonight. So, yeah, big crowd already. <laughs> You can feel the uh, the anticipation. So pretty I, excited.
2: Haven't you got a permanent car park here? <laughs>
5: no, well, we normally turn uh, turn right, but they said it's full in that area, so turn left. So uh, haven't had that before this year. So uh, it must be a big crowd.
1: So what about the the vibe um, compared to where you've been coming to to games previously? And you're chasing the season, and you've now got this great position from which to build and attack from. Does, does it make a difference?
5: Uh, look at. Yeah, it makes a difference, but the 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 team's been pretty uh, workman like the way they've gone about it. It's been fairly low key uh, throughout the week, Uh, so the guys are really focused, and the way Vossi goes about with the coaching staff. So, yeah, everyone's uh, really excited with the way we're going, but um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty strong about the uh, the game style and what we want to do from a process point of view. So, yeah, it's all good. Lloyd Dermot here. How are you, mate? Yeah, good
4: doing. Yeah. First question, I I have to ask you. You you as the head of football, you control the hearts and minds of hundreds of thousands of Carlton supporters. How do you want them to behave? Do you want them to blow the lid off it? or, Or do you want to go down the same hollow call of, oh, we're just keeping the lid on it. You're seven and two, mate.
5: <laughs> no, it's uh it's funny, actually, uh, the Carlton supporters, people often tell me, the uh, Carlton supporters, they might get uh, upset a little bit, but they're not going to go elsewhere and Barrack for anyone else, which is uh, <laughs> unbelievable. So, uh, no, they've been fantastic, and uh, no, I'd say uh, it's an exciting time for the club. I'm wrapped for all the people that have uh, that have, that have hung in there for, for so long. and um, But, uh, yeah, we're on the early part of the season, so we'll, we'll keep the lead on for a little bit.
4: Knowing the way football departments work, uh, you'd have done all your, almost like your, your balance at the start of the year. Did you expect to be going this well?
5: Oh, look, you, you, you worked through it. Like, last year, it was a tough year. It was a tough year for everyone, particularly from the halfway point of the year and everything uh, the club went through. So that was really challenging. So... Yeah, it's hard to, hard to put games on it. You're sort of just going, you are going week by week. And, yeah, so we're, we're thrilled with the start. Um, yeah, it's just hard to predict. So you, you're hopeful and you, you feel like we've been building and you feel like the, uh, the pre-season, but then been hurt before thinking you've had a pre- good pre-season. So, uh, yeah, we're thrilled with the, with the start and you know, want to keep it going.
4: Now, Lordy, it is it is election weekend and you've just given me a really political humdrum <laughs> answer. Did you think you'd be going this well?
5: Oh, I've got I've got a lot of confidence, but the, uh, yeah, the certainly the uh, the two losses I'll uh, I'll take that, Dermie.
3: Lloydy, <laughs> <laughs> last week's win I, from where I sat was like almost uh, another stake in the ground, and um, you know I, I feel like you know as a a fan, I'm a fan watching Carlton play at the moment, and uh, I just feel like the, the maturity of the group you just continue to grow and answer the calls. How did you guys see last weekend's win?
5: Yeah, and probably back from some of the questions before, like, I think we had a really good pre-season. Then we had a, a couple of the, the practice games. We were really strong against St Kilda and Melbourne, and we started the first two games well. But then we, we were probably a little bit patchy through the uh, through three or four weeks in between. But then we've had a really good three-week block where we've built up against you know, North and Adelaide. and then you know, so I thought it was a great win on the weekend and, and some challenges as well that came with it. So, um, yeah, it's good. I'm I'm really excited about seeing some of the the young players come through as well. So we've got some real growth underneath. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait for tonight. It's going to be a really contested brand of footy. I'm loving the way our midfields play at the moment. They're really combative and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, Sydney do the same thing. So it's going to be a great contest.
4: How important was it to get your players in their right positions? I mean, I know you've had a couple of injuries, but Sardi, you kind of, last year, Almost wanted him to do a role he wasn't designed for, and um, um, Jack Martin. You wanted him to be a midfielder at on occasions. You look like you, even as, as much as you've progressed, you've kind of settled in a way in allowing your players to play what they were designed for.
5: Yeah, no, I think there's really clear roles, and Alan uh, Boss has done an outstanding job with the and his coaching staff, new coaching staff with Tim Clark and Aaron Hamill and Ash Hansen. Uh, so they've they've done well there, and I think you know hats off the recruiting staff as well. Like bringing Adam Chera and George Hewitt into the side really really adds to the midfield to support uh, Walshy and Cripper and Matt Kennedy stepped up. And then I guess yeah, it's a fine line in footy. You, you bring uh, you know we'd love to see Marchbank coming coming back in the next couple of weeks, uh, but you have Marchbank and Charlie Kernow, Then all of a sudden you got a key back, key forward, but it's a fine line if if you don't. So it's been great seeing Charlie alongside. Harry, uh, Harry's out for a little bit, but, um, yeah, that, that really adds to it as well. So there's a bit of game plan and structure and, um, you know, cultural things, but there's also that uh, those added personnel, so it all, it all helps.
4: Seen him very close quarters. I have seen him at close quarters, Caleb Marchbank. He's a tremendous player. So, so you mentioned he's... Is he a couple of weeks
5: away, is he? He is. He played uh, three quarters at Frankston uh, last week uh, in the VFL. Then The VFL had a bye... The weekend just gone, so he'll play on Sunday against Sandringham and play a full game, and then uh, he'll start building up towards senior footy. So he's a high end player, uh, he's had some uh, some injury troubles, but um, yeah, we'd like to see him come back in soon. Very good, mate. I was well just done.
1: reading a story, Brad. Um, I'm not sure whether you've seen it. Uh, Liam Jones has done an interview with the Herald Sun saying he'd love to return to the AFL next year and thinks he's got
5: three years of league footy left in him. Uh, are you aware of that? No, I hadn't seen that. Um, yeah, I hadn't. Uh, haven't had a lot of contact with Liam since he uh, since he finished up at the club. So no, I hadn't seen that. Oh, look, he's a professional. Like right to the end, he was uh, he was training pretty hard, and I, s- I still hear he's pretty fit. So it doesn't surprise me that he'd uh, get back into it if he could.
1: Is there is there any way back to Carlton for him?
5: Oh look, as a club, we've sort of moved forward. Um, yeah, we had to. Yeah, we love Liam. We love what he brings to the Footy Club. But yeah, once that decision was made, we had to keep moving and. Uh, and yeah, you know, and move on with the players at hand at the moment. So uh, we wish him well, and um, yeah, hope to see him back in the system. But um, yeah, we'll keep moving.
1: And the post-surgery uh, report on Harry McKay is—is uh, what are you being told a week on?
5: Went really well, really clean surgery, and um, yeah, he's uh, he's back and starting to move around a bit. So he he'll uh, yeah, he'll be uh, back bigger, bigger and better than ever. We got uh, we got a buy in a couple of weeks, and then yeah, uh, you know, he's he's probably around that five or six week mark. Uh, he'll come back into it. Terrific, Brad. Good luck tonight. Yeah, thanks very much. Brad
1: Lloyd is the head of footy at Carlton. Um, I've got a couple of minutes on our side here, Nathan. You were about to get to your view on Essendon and and what to do and and which to fix and where the priority lies and yeah, how they I think, live the, the weeks, the next few weeks of this season. Well, it's
3: just some of the damning footage that you see behind the goals. It's like the lack of commitment for team, and um, you know, I think coupled with the energy coaching wise, you just want to see just the then ultimately tipping in for each other um you know they've got some terrific players that rack a lot of the footy and um you know i guess from a numbers perspective perform really well but what they're really lacking is a genuine cohesion as a unit and um you know you see some of the vision of them you know that confusion and lack of want and will to run and defend and and help each other and commit to that um I think ultimately that's where they're going to have to start from and build from there. And, you know, i read an article on the way in tonight, you know, Essendon's going to go back to basics, stripping their entire plan back to to real simplicity. And hopefully, um, I guess from my experiences, it's stripped back that focuses really on bringing a minimum requirement of effort and energy um, to executing the fundamental roles of, of team. You listen to Lloyd... Brad Lloyd then talk about Carlton and how obvious their roles are and players just in the right positions and really believing on the path they they're going and and look at the momentum that's generated with uh, you know an element of uh, you know commitment and sacrifice for the greater good of the team. Well, so
1: what do you think of that as a strategy to strip out I'd, I'd love to know the exact yeah. understanding. Yeah. So we're we going to strip back the way that we want to play and just concentrate on what cracking in. Yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't does know. Does it mean you go
2: back to a diff, you change the defensive structures a bit? Do you think from either back to what they, how they possibly, were doing it last yeah. year, or a bit more man on man, or does that mean that sort of stuff? Or
3: no, i, I it'd have to be an element of that like without obviously being inside and understanding the intricacies of how he uh, you know Ben Rutten's tried to coach them you know you'd think there's they're trying to find a new way which they can hold the team accountable and get a result from it Um, you know they've got to find that spark and the, the most difficult thing is the more they lose and the more they get hammered that doubt and confidence which you know Heppel and the like have spoken about creeps in and it's, uh, it can it can go one of two ways at this point and I've lived yeah. it probably far too many times where it, it complete you can completely fall off the cliff and you know it all just falls over or there's an element of digging in and still finding a way out of the position they're in and fighting back and you know it's probably not too dissimilar to Melbourne's 2020 year where we didn't make finals but as the year wore on we we ground away and then just missed out. And then we went away and had such a significant review of the entire footy department as to why we go from a prelim and two years out of the finals, and we make some changes. And you know, twelve months later, they win the premiership. I just don't think they have the same level of talent. Yeah, in the and right that's the questions that
2: you guys had. But
4: I can tell you what strip back looks like around the footy. When you have a boundary line throw in somewhere between the arcs, and you're Kick it, Well, obviously in your direction. A midfielder gets the ball and he's going to get tackled, but he can get a kick away that'll get you 30 metres. Take that. That's stripping back. Because what Essendon do, their midfielders get that. They don't want the contact. They'll fire a handball toward, away from the direction they're going, chase that handball, wrap around the mm. recipient, and then kick without pressure... Not to, And it won't land where the first snap kick went, but they've racked up two
3: possessions yeah. and they've got less yardage. That's stripping it back. Take the punishment to make your team better. Yeah, and if you look at the best teams with how they play right now, it's exactly how you said. You know, They take the ball with genuine speed and power out the front of stoppages and take ground. The election might be
1: tomorrow afternoon, but the referendum is tomorrow night. That's when Essendon plays stream time against Richmond. What are we watching? Which channel? <laughs> We're back and forth, I reckon. AFL Nation, the pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles. They now have hybrid flooring in store. Friday night footy at Marvel, the closed roof. It's fourth versus fifth. Carlton seven and two. Sydney, six and three. AFL Nation for sports power, your local footy experts. Dermot Burton and Nathan Jones, they'll set you up for the rest of the rounds, and then we will delve deep into what's about to transpire as the Blues and the Swans meet. Before we get to that, though, let's get an odds update with thanks to Sportsbet. Well. All thanks to Sportsbet. Gamble responsibly, one 858 858 Um... The good stuff happens early know, in Round 10, as you mentioned earlier. Tonight, the two games on Saturday, and then Dreamtime tomorrow night. Set us up for what's to come in Round 10.
2: Yeah, well, let's start, uh, Jonesy and Durham with tomorrow down at Geelong. Uh, Gary Rowan plays for the first time. Tom Jonas, the captain, returns for uh, Port Adelaide. Um, obviously, Ken Hinckley's prophetic statement about it doesn't matter where we lose the five games. If they if they win this, they're back on even keel. They're, they're pretty much level with Geelong. They've had a couple of good clashes with Port down there over the over the journey. And this is to me one of the, one of the big matches this weekend. What, what it, can, can Port overcome the Cats down there, or to, the home ground advantage, which hasn't been as significant in recent times for the catch, Does that get them over the line?
4: There is an advantage down there. The- Actually, Josie, we were talking about your hard years you, <laughs> you, earlier. You experienced I've had a, I've that hundred-point,
3: almost two hundred-point <laughs> beltings down there. But anyway, we won't talk about that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's this competition
4: is so difficult, regardless of where a team's come from, what they've done. Unless you're Melbourne at the moment, it's tough to win five in a row, and that's what Port Adelaide are doing. They're, they've had a couple of really good wins in there who uh, they got the, the the doggies and the Saints they got the Saints by a point and that was against the tide if you know what I mean they got back on the board against the Eagles the previous week so th- th- they started to feel good about themselves had a formulation of what how the they wanted to play dreadfully wet night inaccurate kicking they got the win they rolled on I'm still looking for evidence proof against Uh, a serious contender, and, and, yeah, the Cats at home, even though you say it's not the fortress it used to be, that's a serious challenge. I'd need to see them win down there to say, yeah, I'm seriously rating them now. I, I still haven't been totally won over by them. It's almost when you play a team... Moment, yeah I think as that's against who you play
2: that's certainly yeah, significant in the year they haven't actually beaten Geelong down there I think since the Premiership year of 2007 the first Premiership year for the cats but um, so and uh, we'll move on but Joe Montagna's numbers during the week on your show Jared about uh, Jeremy Cameron and uh, how he's you know huge numbers when they win poor numbers when they lose lost a lot of the one-on-one um, contest You'll really go well fascinating tomorrow. in, in anal- analyzing Jeremy we'll move on though Ballarat uh, the Bulldogs and the Suns.
3: Interesting. Yeah. So interesting. Because the Dogs, for me, I was here. Yeah. Well, we, we were, were here there. last yeah. week. They and looked they look
2: more like themselves. Absolutely.
3: Like demolished um, the contested possession numbers, the uncontested possession numbers. Their midfield just looked to be back running on top of the ground. And they're, you know, I guess the way they move the ball from that situation, they're outstanding. I like the dynamic of their forward line. So they're an interesting one. And then the Suns. Well, for me again, it's just another game to to understand where they're at in their progression. It's just another challenge for them. They've, they've been terrific, really, from my point of view. I've really enjoyed watching their growth, and it's another, you know, as I mentioned, test of where their maturity as a sides at. Can they bring the form that they have carried up there down here to the cold and?
2: Yeah, I look, guess uh, you they, know, I they guess took not, it to the SCG. They back at home. It was hot but wet. I'm still still firmly in my mind is their really disappointing performance at the MCG yeah. against Collingwood yeah. three or four weeks ago. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what they yeah. serve Not up. Not discounting
4: the fact that we get a couple wrong each week or, or more. I still find this, the that game, the uh, Suns absolutely. game, the hardest game to tip of the round. Yeah, I
3: agree.
2: Yeah, I've got doggies, but... Um,
4: yeah, purely and, because one team has to travel 2,000 k's or 1,800 k's to get here, that's... And a, and a road trip on top
3: of it.
2: And then North take on Melbourne on set, uh, here uh, at the in the twilight. Adelaide, it's, any chance for Adelaide against oh. the
3: Kilda at home? Or? I spoke to my brother on the way here. I said to him, don't underestimate them because they've delivered some pretty good performances, really. I think they're just very much workmanlike, and they'll have a crack. Yeah. And they're a better side at home. Um, but I think the Saints, I reckon they're now on a bit of a roll. Like last week was very impressive. That third quarter was unreal and I think their belief in how they're going at the minute is just really starting to blossom. Tremendously
4: honest team Adelaide. Yep. Uh, good to see young Tilthorpe get a... Philthorpe? Tilthorpe? Tilthorpe? I've... I've... Yeah, I've heard so many ways to say it and not say it. I'm confused. Yep. Um, I think he's yeah, tremendous overhead. Good to see him getting another game but they've lost the last three in the row no matter how honest they have been. Um, you've got to play well to beat them though.
2: Yep, and the uh, the Tigers, as we've said already, and the Bombers Saturday night with uh, with Dreamtime. Uh, I think there was a, both teams have lost a player: Jack Graham out for uh, for Richmond and Jordan Ridley to uh, health and safety protocols for the Bombers. Do the Bombers get a response? Do you think enough that they could challenge Richmond no, I, seriously?
3: I don't think so. Um, I, I, I like where the Tigers are at. Geez, Lynch is in some oh. some sort of form, really. Yep. It's ever ever since that uh, the Friday night that we watched him, he should have kicked fifteen against yeah, West Coast, he and, have. Uh, and and since then I was like wow, and he's just carried that form week after week. So I don't I don't think the Bombers can can get near them really.
4: Yeah, uh, uh, Tom Lynch, interesting one. I made mention of it during the week. He's, I'm friends with him. I think he's very lucky to be playing. I I, I thought. <laughs> They got it the wrong way around. I mean, you have every right to go in and tackle a bloke without wearing the point of an elbow in your face. I, if you choose to bump and you get him in the head, you're gone. If you choose to hang the elbow out and you get somebody in the head, I can't see the fundamental moral difference. But anyway, I'm glad he got off. Let's hope it's a warning that that doesn't happen again. So, so players, don't use that drape the elbow out there.
2: And Mark McVeigh has uh, put his own stamp pretty quickly. They've settled on seven changes for the match against West Coast. Gaff and Shuey coming back for the Eagles, so that notionally at least should strengthen them uh, quite a bit. Uh, back for... Uh, out for the Giants. Uh, Callahan injured. Hamilton has been omitted. Haynes is out with illness. Keefe has been omitted. Stone is injured. Whitfield is injured. And DeBoer has, has been omitted. So Brandon. Tanner Bruin comes back. Jesse Hogan returns peatling, and then he's gone for Jacob Weir to make his debut, and Zach Sproul is also in, so that's where they've settled in the end with seven changes. Should he be concerned that the Eagles might pick this week to suddenly have uh. some better version of themselves, <laughs> or would it be an easy Giants win?
3: Uh, I think the Giants will get it done. Yeah. Uh,
4: they, uh, they've lost all parts of their game, the Eagles.
2: I thought they'd be better
3: last week. I know they
2: got it swamped in the end by Melbourne, but I do think they'll not turn it around to the degree that there will be any great shakes. But... I
4: felt for Jeremy McGovern. Yeah. <laughs> when you look back at that footage of him, play on off the mark, he went, oh, yeah. no, he wasn't.
3: <laughs> what's ex- then, I think what's exciting with the Giants is if there's an element of release the shackles, yeah. I think the you look at the uh, quality of players on their list, uh, if they can get the balance right, I think they can string a few together and, and play some really promising footy. I think there's a lot to be gained out of this season for him.
2: Yeah. Uh, Mark McIverbeck spoke for the first time today. it spoke pretty well. and um, Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how how they fare. But uh, uh, you'd be nervous, I reckon. Just a little nervous coming up with the expectation <laughs> that you're going to win yeah. first up. Uh, not normally. The, normally when you take over, you don't have that expectation <laughs> at all. So, uh, And then Brisbane and uh, Hawthorne, 13th place, second also on Sunday. Of course, Gunston, the long-term injury. Uh, McDonald left out of the team along with McGuinness. And Warple omitted. Uh, uh, Jath returns and Tom Mitchell and Howe back in for the Hawks. Fullerton is back in as their final, just the one Exciting chance. Exciting to see Alex.
4: CJ back in the yeah. team. I, I thought he students. was giving something to the opposition that most opposition forward lines could not deal with. Yep. Oh, it, it's turning into a weapon. The, the backman who receives the ball is looking down his team's direction, is confronted by a player trying to corral him, and then in the blink of an eyelid, He's running downhill on the other side of that player. That is almost the biggest weapon in football at the moment where we talked about the locking of, of, a, of a ball in a forward line. That type of player who breaks that, that's almost the best commodity to have in your club.
2: And Fremantle and Collingwood to finish off the round. The pies look quite a bit better with Elliot Ginevan, uh, or Ginevan and uh, Pendlebury coming back into that team. Mason Cox returns as a ruckman rather than a forward. This time around after some really good form in the VFL. So surely this is his last chance to prove that he's still got it, uh, what it takes to play it at AFL level. Uh, and for oh, mate, Fremantle, so. uh, Strakowski, <laughs> Tabanar and Walters, th- that significantly strengthens their team. So you'd think the, doc- the doctor's at home, wouldn't
3: you? Yeah. I reckon, I reckon. They'll be too good. That was a little bit of a almost a blip last week. I think They were they're uh,
2: due, and the, the
3: weather
4: yeah.
2: was pretty bad up there.
3: So. That's the
4: numbers game. It's hard to win four or five games
1: in a row in yeah. this competition. So there you go, some
2: easy tips for everyone for the weekend. <laughs> Jerry. Very good. All <laughs> right,
1: let's get into the garage for our match preview. Thanks to Autobahn. Autobahn has your top automotive gear at low prices. Set us up for tonight, Dermot Brereton and Nathan Jones.
4: Well, I agree with Nathan when we mentioned him before. The Swans are in a transition phase, not of a team from an older team to a younger team, but in the middle of the ground. They're trying so many younger players these days their Warner's getting a shot. They push Kennedy out there. So they've still got those players there about. Kennedy is almost without a home at the moment, long term into the future. Um, and hes he looks like he's kind of set himself to believe that. I'm My time has passed, but I'm here if you need me. So the Swans have got that young brigade in the middle of the ground. They look like they've got potency up forward. Uh, Logan McDonald has taken Hayden McLean's position. They've got Papley back in. Hayward is the the mid-size. They look terribly well-balanced. The one thing I am worried for, and that is their ability to string games of significance back to back they don't seem to come with the same intent every week so i look at the last five games that the sydney swans have played they've had three wins out of five three wins against essendon hawthorne and the eagles in the in our competition this is a pretty ordinary lineup of wins they've played two teams uh, of, of significance and that are the Lions and the Suns, who seem to have elevated, and that's their losses. So anybody who's who we think is better than midfield, they lose to. Anyone who's down the bottom, they win. So are they what, what they appear to be over the last five weeks, or are they that team who just accidentally switches off and we can expect a whole lot more from them?
3: Yeah, it, it's going to be... The, the mental game of tonight is huge when you look at the numbers I think the game is going to be really won and lost in the centre bounce. Um, Carlton are clearly the number one team at centre bounce in the competition uh, they're ranked number one you know, for outscoring their opponent they're ranked number one of converting clearance into inside 50 and funnily enough on the flip side the Swans are ranked uh, number one for uh, losing one on one contests so it's going to be an interesting battle down there, particularly obviously where six six six, where everyone's exposed in that one on one game, and we all know how strong that Carlton uh, uh, midfield is. And, and you know Don Pike touched on the inconsistency with Sydney has been mentioning, or they've been reviewing their their starts. their their starts for one, and in particular their contested ball numbers and being able to execute and gain ascendancy, particularly in that phase of the game. So we're going to have some formalities to observe at the start of Sir Doug
1: Nicholls' rounds. The warm-up's paused for ream. Ask your plumber to install a ream steady, hot and strong. The roof is closed at Marvel tonight, so the Kubota cast for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Uh, the, The weather doesn't play any role tonight. The ground's in great, Nick. For Pope, the better way to water Pope's drip ease makes drip irrigation a breeze as we join the formalities.
3: Highlights Aboriginal culture and also
7: marks the 30th year anniversary of the Mabo decision. Biladunyan, Wangat, Naranik Mandi, Waranjeri Wilamik, Waranjeri Balakut, Wundana Murup Galadabirang, Wundana Kiripik, Wundana Bupup Nakwurenik, Balalal Bagugung Nugalik, Babikut, Bikdui, Banyabik, My name is Mandy Nicholson. I'm a traditional custodian of Nam of Melbourne. I honoured all of my friends, which are you guys here tonight. I honoured my family, and I also honoured these footy players on either side of me tonight. I also honoured the different layers of Wadunjeri country, the below country, on country, water country, wind country, sky country, and star country. So this is our Wamanjika Nyarka, our welcome dance. Waranjeri,
6: waranjeri j
7: For these players, good luck, both teams. Thank you, Nungodjin.
1: The welcome to country with both teams sporting their indigenous Guernsey, specially designed for Sir Doug Nicholls rounds. They, cla- they don't clash, Jared. No, very, very much red and blue. Right? Nice. Other than what we might see tomorrow night, there will be unmissable moments right throughout the next two weekends, Doug Nichols round for Drinkwise, choose to Drinkwise you won't miss a moment if you Drinkwise we've got a key match up or two for Illuminate Garden Lighting in a league of their own well we always look for Lance Franklin
4: who's going to match him up um, yeah I think uh, uh, Tom McCartan will get that i oh, sorry, Tom McCartney. <laughs> no, that will be interesting. I said, that will be interesting if you get. Sorry, I was thinking down the other end for Charlie for a second. Well, I think Tom McCartney will get Charlie anyway. So we go there. Uh, um, Lance, I've got a feeling they might play, try and just play the position. It's easy to say Weedering, and they might even go with Young against him and try and have uh, Weedering guard the, the, the inside 50, the goal square type kick. Uh, he'll be expected to assist and get over to Lance and the likes, but yeah, he creates so many, so many uh, aspects that you know avenues to goal. Um, I'm, fascin-
3: I'm fascinated with the Crips. I think he's the best player in the competition. Uh, who who plays on him from Sydney?
2: D- does Mills tag?
3: Mills him? tag yeah, do yeah they, that's the question. I, I don't do know system. if he's taggable. He's, to me. The,
4: what, I've said it before. A big player who puts his snout in the trough? Yeah. You almost can't tag them. You almost have to go head-to-head. Um, I don't
2: reckon anyone's untaggable, Derm. <laughs> I mean, it's what you have to sacrifice, though, to do it, yeah. well, I suppose, is the question. But Sid Jackson's in at the coin toss here. Oh,
1: that's lovely.
4: He's it's great beautiful city. No,
2: no one's got
1: a coin. Oh, good. Well, they've <laughs> gone cashless, Jeremy. They so <laughs> have just gone cashless. Uh, they found one in? for Sid to toss now. Funny scenes. That is funny. Uh, Jesse Motlop and uh, James Bell exchange traditional gifts, and the Blues have won the toss. They'll kick to the right as we look at it. Lance Franklin and Paddy Cripps in there as well. A lovely moment to get things underway. It's great to see Sid Jackson centre stage.
4: Yeah, lovely man. Uh, I think I'm the only one in this box who's old enough to have seen him play. (laughs) Sid Jackson, yeah, he's a tremendous player in the early and mid-'70s with the... With the Carlton footy. Look, he's just got into a little trot breaking out of the <laughs> centre there. He's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful player. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.